Chapter seventy one of Thomas Wingfold, Curate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Thomas Wingfold, Curate by George MacDonald. Chapter seventy one The Mask. But although such was George Bascombe's judgment of Leopold, and such his conduct of his affair, he could not prevent the recurrent intrusion of the flickering doubt which had showed itself when he first listened to the story. Amid all the wildness of the tale, there was yet a certain air, not merely of truthfulness in the narrator, that was not to be questioned, but a verisimilitude in the narration, which had its effect, although it gave rise to no conscious exercise of discriminating or ponderating faculty. Leopold's air of conviction also, although of course that might well accompany the merest invention rooted in madness, yet had its force, persistently as George pooh-poohed it, which he did the more strenuously from the intense even morbid abhorrence of his nature to being taken in, and having to confess himself of unstable intellectual equilibrium. Possibly this was not the only kind of thing in which the sensitiveness of a vanity he would himself have disowned, had he rendered him unfit for perceiving the truth. Nor do I know how much there may be to choose between the two shames, that of accepting what is untrue, and that of refusing what is true. The second time he listened to Leopold's continuous narrative, the doubt returned with more clearness and less flicker. There was such a thing as being overwise. Might he not be taking himself in with his own incredulity? Ought he not to apply some test? And did Leopold's story offer any means of doing so? One thing, he then found, had been dimly haunting his thoughts ever since he heard it. Leopold affirmed that he had thrown his cloak and mask down an old pit-shaft, close by the place of the murder. If there was such a shaft, could it be searched? Recurring doubt at length so wrought upon his mind that he resolved to make his holiday excursion to that neighborhood, and there endeavor to gain what assurance of any sort might be to be had. What end, beyond his own possible satisfaction, the inquiry was to answer, he did not ask himself. The restless spirit of the detective, so often conjoined with indifference to what is in its own nature true, was at work in him. But that was not all. He must know the very facts, if possible, of whatever concerned Helen. I shall not follow his proceedings closely, it is with their reaction upon Leopold that I have to do. The house where the terrible thing took place was not far from a little moorland village. There Bascom found a small inn, where he took up his quarters, pretending to be a geologist out for a holiday. He soon came upon the disused shaft. The inn was a good deal frequented in the evenings by the colliers of the district, a rough race, but not beyond the influences of such an address, mingled of self-assertion and good fellowship, as Bascom brought to bear upon them, for he had soon perceived that amongst them he might find the assistance he wanted. In the course of conversation, therefore, 
he mentioned the shaft on which he pretended to have come in his rambles remarking on the danger of such places he learned that this one served for ventilation and was still accessible below from other workings thereafter he begged permission to go down one of the pits on pretext of examining the coal strata and having secured for his guide one of the most intelligent of those whose acquaintance he had made at the inn persuaded by him partly by expressions of incredulity because of the distance between to guide him to the bottom of the shaft whose accessibility he maintained that they were going in the right direction he had the testimony of the little compass he carried in his watch-chain and at length he saw a faint gleam before him when at last he raised his head wearily bent beneath the low roofs of the passages and looked upwards there was a star looking down at him out of the sky of day but george never wasted time in staring at what was above his head and so began instantly to search about as if examining the indications of the strata was it possible could it be there was a piece of black something that was not coal and seemed textile it was a half mask for there were the eye-holes in it he caught it up and hurried it into his bag not so quickly but that the haste set his guide speculating and bascom saw that the action was noted the man afterwards offered to carry his bag but he would not allow him the next morning he left the place and returned to london taking glaston by a detour on his way a few questions to leopold drew from him a description of the mask he had worn entirely corresponding with the one george had found and at length he was satisfied that there was truth more than a little in leopold's confession it was not his business however he now said to himself to set magistrates right true he had set mr hooker wrong in the first place but he had done it in good faith and how could he turn traitor to helen and her brother besides he was sure the magistrate himself would be anything but obliged to him for opening his eyes at the same time leopold's fanatic eagerness after confession might drive the matter further and if so it might become awkward for him he might be looked to for the defence and were he not certain that his guide had marked his concealment of what he had picked up he might have ventured to undertake it for certainly it would have been a rare chance for a display of the forensic talent he believed himself to possess but as it was the moment he was called to the bar which would be within a fortnight he would go abroad say to paris and there for twelve months or so await events when he disclosed to helen his evil success in the coal-pit it was but the merest film of a hope it destroyed for she knew that her brother was guilty george and she now felt that they were linked by the possession of a common secret but the cloak had been found a short time before and was in the possession of emmeline's mother that mother was a woman of strong passions and determined character the first shock of the catastrophe over her grief was almost supplanted by a rage for vengeance in the compassing of which no doubt she vaguely imagined she would be doing something to right her daughter hence the protracted concealment of the murderer was bitterness to her soul and she vowed herself to discovery and revenge as the one business of her life in this her husband 
a good deal broken by the fearful event but still more by misfortunes of another kind which had begun to threaten him offered her no assistance and indeed felt neither her passion urge him nor her perseverance hold him to the pursuit in the neighbourhood her mind was well known and not a few found their advantage in supplying her passion with the fuel of hope any hint of evidence however small the remotest suggestion even towards discovery they would carry at once to her for she was an open-handed woman and in such case would give with a profusion that but for the feeling concerned would have been absurd and did expose her to the greed of every lying mendicant within reach of her not unnaturally therefore it had occurred to a certain collier to make his way to the bottom of the shaft on the chance hardly of finding but of being enabled to invent something worth reporting and there to the very fooling of his barren expectation he had found the cloak the mother had been over to holland where she had instituted unavailing inquiries in the villages along the coast and among the islands and had been home but a few days when the cloak was carried to her in her mind it immediately associated itself with the costumes of the horrible ball and at once she sought the list of her guests thereat it was before her at the very moment when the man who had been bascom's guide sent in to request an interview the result of which was to turn her attention for the time in another direction who might the visitor to the mine have been little was to be gathered in the neighbourhood beyond the facts that the letters g b were on the carpet-bag and that a scrap of torn envelope bore what seemed the letters m p l e she dispatched the poor indications to an inquiry office in london End of chapter seventy one